0: And this is just beautiful. It's wonderful to be here at Home Builders. My wife and I started coming to Home Builders back in 2010, and uh, it was up in D3. And of course, Pastor Mark was leading it then, and uh, Pastor Mark is really a great guy. I mean, I'm so blessed to work alongside of people like Mark who invite me to be here with you. And so uh, hopefully, Mark, you have a chance to hear this. And I just want you to know that uh, my family and I, we really thank you. Mark has been so instrumental in our lives, him and Tracy. So and if you're new here, I want to encourage you to keep coming back. This is a place where you can just, you know, my the title of my lesson today or the sermon is A New Life. And this is one of those places that God can use amongst the people in here Joe and Anita and Valerie and all the other people, Duran, I know he's in here somewhere. And oh boy, it's just amazing. Gabriella met her, Tom. I mean, I could go on and on and on with the faces and the people, but if you're new here, you're in the right place. Is that right? This is, this is the best place that you can be in for right now. So let's uh, first, and I also want to thank my wife for being here today, Alicia. She's back there in the back. She's, uh, been, bringing, she's been bringing me. <laughs> she, she, brings, she brings me to church sometimes and motivates me and And to do what God would have us to do. And Roz back there and all the people who serve alongside him. Many of you don't know I'm the pastor of hospitality. I serve as the pastor of hospitality and the pastor of care. And I get to see a lot of the faces here. Francis' parents right there with him. And uh, I'm also the pastor of the intercessors. Uh, Blanca, she's uh, people praying here. You'd be amazed. If you're new here, I don't think you know who you're sitting amongst. Jerry. Uh, we got Elvis visiting with us today. <laughs> uh, Diane Dorn. I mean, I could go on and on, but if you're new, I want to again encourage you, the faces we look out here and see, these people are incredible in Christ. Let's pray, Lord, we just thank you for uh, what you're doing today. Uh, in our lives and the lives of Mark and Tracy and those who couldn't be here, Lord, uh, truly, you knew what you were doing when you created home builders, and so we're gl- so glad that you did it, and we're glad that we can be here today. Use this time for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many of you may be familiar with the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. Excuse me, chapter 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me hear you say that. Say, the beginning of wisdom. Say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm going to share with you a little brief story, some of my testimony. I arrived in the shores of uh, California back in January of 1989. I was a soldier in the military. And uh, I started, you know, I connected with a church, started going to church and uh, over in Hayward. And I was just at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I had thought I hit what was called rock bottom. I got stationed here. Uh, from Indiana. I left Indiana and I had, I had ruined some relationships in Indiana. I mean, totally re- ruined some of them. That's why I ended up in California. They sent me to the Russian front. That's what they thought it was for recruiting. I was in recruiting duty. They sent me out here and I had totally ruined some relationships. I had made some bad financial decisions. Uh, I was lonely. And uh, there was a lot of other bad things that I had done that I don't have time to tell you about. Uh, But I knew enough to go to church. So I started going to church. And I heard in church, uh, for years I had heard about Proverbs, this book called Proverbs. And I didn't touch it hardly. Stayed away from it a little bit, you know what I mean? And uh, so I said, maybe I'll read this a little bit. I was in a men's group. They were talking about Proverbs. And I just... Sort of got into it a little bit, Proverbs. And I came across Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I said, Man, that, that sounds profound. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I started thinking about the shape I was in. I was, Man, I've made all these bad mistakes and lost a home, lost cars, ruined relationships. I'm out here alone wisdom. I said, maybe that's what I need. Uh, Maybe uh, I need some wisdom. And it dawned on me, I actually said to myself, I said, I have been a fool. I've been a fool. And now what I need is wisdom. So I thought about that. I kept pondering that. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. But I couldn't get over one thing, this thing. I read that scripture and it kept saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. I said, that don't sound right to me. The fear of the Lord? You know, I, I don't understand what they mean by, you know, am I supposed to be afraid of God? Am I supposed to be scared of God? I knew that much. I had been in church enough to know that this is not somebody. God wouldn't want me to be afraid of him. He wouldn't want me to be scared of him, so I looked it up. I started researching. I went out and bought myself a Bible uh, dictionary, and I looked it up. What does it mean to fear the Lord? I think Pastor Larry said it some time ago. They say it in all the books you read. To fear the Lord simply says to have a a healthy respect for God, to reverence him, to recognize him as holy and righteous and pure and all the things that he, who he is. I said, okay, I could, I could deal with that. Also, I kind of think over the years, it also means to have a healthy relationship with the Lord. That's my own definition. Have a good relationship. And I said, okay, I could live with that. So I got past that. So I started dealing with this now wisdom. And so I said to myself, I said, I'm going to read this. And I kept reading that over and over and over. So what happened is I said to myself, I noticed, I said, Proverbs have, there's one for like one through three, to thirty-one. I said, wow, there's one for every day of the, the month, one chapter for every day of the month. I said, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this one chapter every day, whatever corresponds to the day of the month. So I did that, and I read it for 31 days. I said, okay, what happened over 31 days? Am I wiser? Do I know anymore? I didn't, you know, I didn't, it didn't all hit me right then. I said, but you know what? I still feel good. I feel better about this hole that I'm in, this foolishness I've been doing. So I did that for a month, and then I did it for another month. So what happened after this month? Am I any wiser if I'm making the same mistakes? And, you know, something started happening. I said, I'm going to do it again for another month. That was back in, starting in uh, about March of 89. 2014, I read, I was another book, another chapter in Proverbs. And I look back and what I had done, I had read a proverb, a chapter of Proverbs every day for 25 years. I can't remember ever missing one day for 25 years. I look back now, I'm an older man, you know, 25 years, I said, wow, 25 years, I've been reading a a chapter every day. So now, how do I, what has this done for me? And I realize I have a new life. I have a new wife. Amen? I have a new wife. I have, you know, it's not about materialism. I have more joys than I have fears. I have more courage than I have fears. I have more love than I have hate. You see what I'm saying? And I realize I have a new life. I have a new life. That term being born again, there's something about that. I, I realized I've been, I have a new life. And it was rec- first of all a result of accepting Christ into my heart. But I did that as a kid. But I didn't have any wisdom. And now God has been showing me how to just full, fill my life with wisdom, reading Proverbs and his word. So I'm saying that to say, the reason why I'm saying this is because you know over this summer we've done a series on Proverbs last month and some time ago they were doing a series on Proverbs. But there may be someone in this room today that uh, you may be at a crossroads. You may realize, you know, and maybe you haven't, but if you look back on it, you say, maybe I haven't been so wise. Maybe I've been making some foolish decisions. Maybe I've been doing some things that I shouldn't be doing or some doing things another way, that may be you. But I want you to know that Proverbs is like a compass. Maybe you're trying to navigate your way through life with the wrong compass. And you need a compass that's going to lead you to a place where you can start a new life in Christ. Amen? And you can get on. You can get on with doing the things that God would have you to do. The main point is, if you get wisdom, you'll get a new life. If you turn with me, turn to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. It says, for whoever finds me finds life, and whoever and receives favor from the Lord. And you can say a new life, because that's what it's like when you start finding true life, the life that Christ would have you to have. You know, this guy told me one time, he became my mentor, a great guy, back 25, 30, so many years ago, back in the 80s, 89. He told me, he said, Vance, he says, "Uh, you know what you're like? He said, you're like a guy sitting on a curve watching his life go by. I said, whoa, man, that's pretty heavy. What does that mean? What that simply means is I wasn't involved. I was just letting things happen to me. You know what? Oh, listen to this. Some, I heard this old, oh, this is kind of wisdom. I was listening to it. Don't worry. Things will work themselves out. That ain't true. That's not wisdom. It's just sit, You sitting on the curve hoping that things work them way, their way out. That's not how life operates unless you let it go that way. But that's what I was doing, sitting on a curve, watching my life go by. Well, that's now, what, 28 years ago. But since then... God has shown me how to get involved in my life, how to be a part of, you know, moving and doing the things that he would have me to do and not watching things just just happen. So I want to encourage you today that if you want a new life, let wisdom be your guide. Let wisdom guide you along. Trust in God's word. Read his word. Read the Proverbs. It'll help you do that. Number one, some of you have a Take the next point. point. We have a, a page there that you can grab a hold to. God is worthy. We talked about God fearing the Lord and reverencing him. A lot of times we, we don't necessarily have reverence for the Lord. You may think you're reverencing God. You may think you're honoring God. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want you to know that God, if you want a new life, you, got, you, got, you must see yourself. You must begin to reverence God to respect God, to want a healthy relationship with the Lord. It says "Their God is holy, and he's worthy of our reverence. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel 24. 24, 12, 24. 1 Samuel 12, 24. It says, only fear the Lord, fear, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all of your heart, for consider what great things he is done. God is holy, which ultimately means God is righteous. He's set apart. He's separated. We know we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, who sits on the right hand. He's the one that allows us to come to the, to the Father. But God is brilliant, and he's awesome, and he's shining, and he's holy, and he's all-pure. He's, he's holy, and because of that alone, he's worthy of our, of our respect of our honor. Obedience. He's worthy of our obedience, our love, and all that goes with honoring God. It says, wisdom tells us that if we want a new life, then it's God above all others that we must reference. If you want a new life, put God above all that you have, all your All those worldly things that you have, all the things you spend your time on, the things that you do. Put God on the throne of your life. I don't know if you ever heard that. Who's on the throne of your life? Are you on the throne or is it Christ on the throne? That's what wisdom is telling us, that he's worthy for all of our respect, all of our honor. Some of you put your jobs on the throne. Some of you put your family. I mean, it's great to have family. It's great to have loved ones, but we put Christ on the throne of our life. He comes before everything. If you want a new life, that's what you must do. There are some things that you may have to renounce, some, things, some old adages, the old attitudes, the old way of doing things. You're going to have to push all that away. And that's what the people didn't want to do back in Jesus' day. They didn't want to push that away. They wanted to keep doing their old sacrifices. They wanted to keep those people in Ephesus. They wanted to keep building those old uh, shrines and and idols and all that sort of thing because it was making them a living. Some of you are making a living now doing things you shouldn't be doing. I'm not saying this crowd here, but there are people out there putting all these things on the throne of their life. But I want to encourage you. He says, worship God, put God above all others. Wisdom tells us that we must reverence God first. It also tells us that if we want to have a new life, we must take the Christian life serious. Let's look at first again, First Samuel twelve twenty four. It says, "Fear the God, fear God, and honor Him above all things." We're to put God at the center of our life. He has done it all. Give Him all that you have, all that you hold. Do you give God your time, your resources, your heart, your soul, your mind, your ambitions? What has God done that caused you to reverence him? What has he done? Sure, he's made the earth, the moon, the sun. He's done all that, and that's enough. But what has he done in your life that would cause you to reverence him? I'd like for you to discuss that at your table. What has he done for you? Talk about it. Okay, let's bring that to an end. If you look on your form there, okay, next step, next one we're going to take, and I'm backtracking a little bit. If you look on there, something I really wanted you to see or catch. I put on there, uh, God is holy and worthy of our reverence. I'm sure you've got that. Worship God above all others. I said that, but also I want you to consider that if you want a new life in Christ, you have to take life, take your Christian life more serious. I don't know where you are. I heard somebody even today was saying how maybe the Christians in America, we almost basically, some folks even think we're lollygagging as we compare Christianity to some of the other parts of the world. And I mean, that's great. We live in a culture where we can enjoy this Christian life. But the, the, the proverb, the, as he's writing here, he says, Fearing the Lord, that's talking about, and fearing the Lord, and putting uh, our hearts into it. Fear Him in truth with all your heart. is talking about taking this Christian life more, this belief, to another level. You take it more serious. Uh, for those who are in hospitality, you know, I can tell who takes, you know, on the team that I serve, I can tell who, te- who takes it serious or not. There are some people who are on the greeters, you know, that's the greeter part of the greeter team, and ushers in the first aid. And when I go by a greeter, which like Ray and Anna on first, Ray is second service, I think Anna's first service, and a lot of others, Joe and Anita, you can see who takes it serious by the look on their face. They have this smile, look by the smile. They're, they're, they're taking the service to the Lord serious. And I tell you what, it, it's contagious. It's, it's awesome to serve and work with people like that. And I want to encourage you, uh, I see Ms. Tyler sitting over there. She takes the, her and Vern, they take that prayer room serious. And I want to encourage you, take your Christian life, take it serious. God will give you, you'll feel the, the freshness of his spirit day after day, and it's like a new life. For those of you who may not be familiar with this, this is a book. It's called Celebration of Discipline. It talks about prayer life, meditation, simplicity, solitude, fasting, all of these, these, uh, these, uh, these uh, disciplines that we have in, in, in life. I mean, God even gives us, God gives us these disciplines, and it helps us to use these as tools to take this Christian life serious. And I want to encourage you to study, examine yourself, and see, am I lollygagging, am I just sitting on the bench? You know, just watching the time go by. Don't do that. Take this, ser- this, this life serious, and you'll be, they say, you get out of it what you put into it. I think there's some truth to that. And if you put Christ in more and more into your life, he, work, he can work more and more in your life. And that's what wisdom is calling us to do. Okay, number two, wisdom calls us to help us. In other words, if you want a new life, you have to receive the help that the Proverbs... Is giving you that the wisdom that God gives you. Proverbs chapter 9. Let's look at verse 9 through 6. Proverbs chapter 9, verses, excuse me, verses 3 through 6. Somebody pull that out because I've used this so much my page is torn. (laughs) Let me see what you got there. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. It says, She has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. She calls out from the heights, overlooking the city. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, come eat of food. Eat my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. Wisdom is sending out her maidens. And you know what she's saying? The maidens are saying, Hey. There's a party over here. There's a life over here. There's goodness over here. There's righteousness over here. And it's over here for you. It's calling everyone, says she sent a maiden stout to everyone. Nobody's denied the opportunity to come to this feast that wisdom wants for you. Wisdom is calling us. You know, there's an ugliness in this world, and not all the world is ugly. But since I've been working on this message, I've just been, God has been leading me in places where I'm seeing things and I'm hearing things that, are, that grieves the heart of God. I'm talking about languages and attitudes and, and all sorts of uh, forces that are demonic and evil and corruption and hate. I see it, it's on television, it's in our neighborhoods, it's in some of our homes, it's in some of our children, it's in our face. And God is calling us leave that. Leave that. Get away from that. And he's saying, all this goodness over here, let me use wisdom. I'm giving you this this compass to guide you into these good things, in these good places that are just right for my people. Is that good? It's good. And I know back, back in 1989, God was calling me to leave some things, Get away from as far away. That's why he brought me out here to California. There were some things in my life I had to leave behind. You all have heard the story about leaving old baggage, right? Don't bring any old baggage into new relationships. He's asking you in wisdom. I can't say it enough. Read God's word and heal. And that's what this wisdom does. There's issues and there's there's line after line after line of wisdoms. Like, for example, there's one. In Proverbs, talk about 15, talking about, it talks about a smile is good for your soul, is good for your heart. I know a guy, a young guy, I was going to take a picture with his son. His son was three years old. And I said, come on, let's take a picture. And the little boy had a mean look on his face. And I said, hey, man, we getting ready to take a picture. Why are you, why are you looking so mean? He said, my daddy told me to look mean. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Well, that mean look is not going to do too much for him. You know what I mean? I was in the gym just the other day, and I was using the weights, and there was a guy, I just saw the weight machine open, and I just started using the weight. This guy walks up to me, and he says, I'm using that. I said, okay. I walked away. (laughs) Okay. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Right, you see, that's that's wisdom. But I went back to him and I said, "Hey, man, by the way, my name is Vance. I hope you enjoyed that machine." <laughs> and he says, "You know what?" He says, "How about you just jump in there? You can use it for a while." I said, "Thank you." <laughs> Hopefully, he learned something because I had, you know, and that's what wisdom does. It, he was aggressive, overassertive. He was angry, I imagine, you know. But it all came out at one time and, Long story, I said, hey, man, I didn't know you were on that machine. He said, well, my clothes were right there. He had a bag. Well, that that didn't tell me anything. But the point is, soft answer turns away wrath. That's what Proverbs says, right? Wisdom. So I want to encourage us today. Use the wisdom that God gives us, the wisdom that these, these maidens are calling us out for. So with that in mind, the question is, what is the question? Oh, (laughs) the point is wisdom is good wisdom is good wisdom is not calling you to do it wouldn't call you to do something that God wouldn't have you to do there's a guy I know he says life gets gooder and gooder and I said what does that mean he says because God through wisdom offers us something that the world can't offer he says and that's fooling bless you he said bless you (laughs) gooder and gooder right you feel better now don't you it gets gooder and gooder and uh, I don't know if that's a word or not but that was his word but he says that that God offers us the fullness of Christ fullness of life through Christ Jesus and wisdom guides us in that compass and finding that goodness in life wisdom calls us to abandon our simple ways it caused you to abandon your simple ways. What's your simple ways? Some of my, Years ago, I used to use money as a compass. Whatever, How much money I had in my pocket, that determined what I can do and what I couldn't do. Now I know that uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I don't have to count on money to help me make decisions. God is the one that helps me make decisions. What's uh, some foolish ways? I used to be very impulsive, make decisions like that, jump at this, jump at that. It says patience is, uh, God wants us to have patience. It says, wait on the Lord and he'll renew your strength. And Proverbs emphasizes these issues. What's some of the foolish things that you do? We all have some things that we can leave behind. Would you agree? And I believe that's our question. What simple or foolish ways have you abandoned or need to abandon for the ways of wisdom? Give it a shot. Okay, let's get going. Good. Okay, I just want to point out on that second point, wisdom, I want to just recap a little bit, if I could, please. The earlier point, we were talking about some things that God has done. Someone brought up how they've been married for many years and how God has protected them in their marriage. And I just want to encourage you to look back over the, you know, the last 10 years of your life or last five years or last year and just take an account. See what God has done for you. See how he's blessing you from time to time. Someone also, we just talked about giving up foolish ways or ways of the past. Some folks was talking about how uh, they've given up, they want to give up anger. Some of us people are dealing with anger. It's nothing new. Anger is not a sin. It just says, be angry and sin not. Sometimes we do let anger become a sin or it takes on sin in our life. Some wants to give up being a people pleaser. There's, there's uh, issues that we have that I would encourage you to give up. But it talks about wisdom is, go back to point two right quick. Go back to the next one. It talks about wisdom calls us to abandon our simple ways and live. I'm going to give you one that I try to practice. Uh, You've heard the term, uh, like when we're on fire, let's say you catch fire, what's the first thing you do? Stop, right? Stop. What's the second thing you do? Drop. Drop. What's the third thing you do? Roll. Roll. Stop, drop, and roll, right? That's what you do if you catch fire. Well, sometimes, I remember in my life, I felt like I was on fire. Sometimes things so bad, like you're about to burn up, things or issues come up, I want to encourage you to, this is what I try to remember, is uh, stop, pray, and listen. That's like stop, drop, and roll. <coughs> stop, pray, and listen. And listen for that voice. You know that voice? I'm sure you all are familiar with, some of you are familiar with that little voice. There's whispers in your ear. Don't go there, right, right? Stay away from them. Don't do, you ever heard those voices? Don't do that, right? The voices of wisdom speaking into your heart. You may say it's your conscience, you call it what you want. But I know there's times when I didn't pay attention to that voice. And I look back and you all heard yourself say, I knew I shouldn't have, do, I shouldn't have did that. I heard something in the back of my mind telling me to avoid that, right? Remember that? Some of you have experienced, if you haven't experienced that, give your life to Christ. You're going to hear it. Because he's going to be right there. He says, I stand at the door and knock. He's there. He's talking to us. He's with us. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, he's alive. And he's living. And he's trying to give you some good advice on how to live. Okay, let's go to the third point. Wisdom from above is different from the world. Let's go to James chapter 3, verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Wisdom from above is pure. There's no strains of corruption. It's clean. It's wholesome. Godly wisdom tells us to live at peace. Like where the world often says, hey, if somebody slap you, you slap them, right? That's what the world, there's a lot of things, a lot of philosophy that the world gives us. Like if it's, what they say, if it feels good, do it, right? Only the strong survive. You ever heard those sayings? Yeah, yeah. Those are some philosophies that people live their life by. But I want to encourage you not to live your life by what the world says. The world will knock you down. Somebody asks me often, they say, how's life going? They expect you to say, oh, it's going good. Cause I know I've heard it a thousand times. I used to say it, "Oh, it's good. Life is good," but the truth is, sometimes life can be rough. Life can be tough, right? I see some young faces out here. Think about what some of these young kids are dealing with today, trying to navigate this world. I know they say that these young kids—they they graduate, they come to church, they graduate high school, they go off to college, and they forget about the gospel, and they come back when they're in their thirties or forties, right? Well, I want to encourage you, if you meet some of them, you tell them they're wasting their time out there because that world is just going to drag them through the mud because Satan has out there, he says, he's like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. You get up from under the protection of Christ and watch what happens. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I may sound a little emotional about it because I know youngsters in my own life and family and people I see and so it's our responsibility, those who've been through that, encourage them not to get caught up. Don't let that world take them away. The wisdom that comes from this book, Proverbs and other, and other, other books, is not like the wisdom of the world. They said I also wrote, it's, uh, it's without, it was without attitudes. Wisdom is thoroughly practical. Let me tell you what, wisdom is thoroughly practical. We can use it. It says it's pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. All of us in here today can use wisdom. It's not one person alive that can't use, I believe, one person alive that can't use. It's practical. We can use it. It's not, it doesn't take rocket science. Anybody remember Jeff Robodeen from the Hill, Beverly Hillbillies? He can use it. So if you're, you're young enough, you don't know who he is, check him out okay? We can, wisdom is practical. It doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to use it. You can apply it in your life, and I want to encourage you to apply the wisdom that God's Word offers us. I know a guy, he was a, matter of fact, he's not just a guy, he's my uncle. My uncle, you're gonna think I'm crazy for telling you this, because a lot of other people did too. My uncle was a gangster, a real, living, true gangster, like like uh, Al Capone and all those guys in Chicago. I mean, he thought he would, he lived it out. He was a gangster. And so when I, as he, you know, the years, he'd go to prison, get out, go to prison, get out. And so every time I go home, I was in the Army a lot of these years, I go home, I see him, hey, Uncle Leroy, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. I says, you still doing that? Ah, yeah, man, I still got that going on, that kind of stuff, you know. And he started getting older and older and older. Hey, Uncle Leroy, how's it going? I hadn't seen you in a while. Hey, nephew, I'm doing fine. Things are going good. Go back home. Has everything going the same for you? Yeah, everything's the same, making a lot of money, doing this, doing that. He got older and older and older. One day I went home. I said, hey, Uncle Leroy, how's it going? You still out there doing blah, blah, blah? He said, let me tell you something. He said, my mama told me about Jesus when I was a little boy. He said, I'm going back that way. He said, I'm going back that way. I said, okay, Uncle Leroy, I'm glad to hear that. And all the last time I saw him, I went home. He was in the senior citizen's home. No, and I, he sat there. I said, hey, Uncle Leroy, how's it going? You still blah, blah, blah? He said, Vance, let me make this clear. All I'm thinking about is Jesus. That's all I'm thinking about is Jesus. That's where I'm going. See, he, had to, he left that world, abandoned it, left it behind. And you know what? Even a gangster could use wisdom. Even a a person that we don't, in other words, we can apply it in our lives. And I want to encourage you today, apply it in your life. Use it. Take advantage of it. Don't push it aside. Hold on to it. And I want to encourage you for the, if you can do what I did, read a a chapter of Proverbs a day for the, right now, I'm on uh, Psalms now. I'm reading the Psalms every day. And I hope to read for the rest of my life. The next 25 years, I'm going to be stuck in Psalms,
1: and I don't know what it's
0: going to do for me yet, but I'm going to find out, God willing. So, take a look. Who do you know? Who, is, who do you, who's, are some wise people Do you know, and what makes them wise? I'm going to tell you something. Mark Tyler, I encourage you. You want wisdom? Keep coming back here. Mark Tyler is a wise man, isn't he? I know he got it from his daddy, right? <laughs> Amen. 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 I learned a lot. Mark, Larry, Danny, we're in the right church. There's a lot of wisdom here. Who do you know is wise and what makes them wise? Let's take a few minutes. Go for it. Okay. We're about ready to bring it to a close. Um, Just want to say thank you for coming. When we look at, uh, and we talk about wisdom, we see in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, I believe it is, 5 or 6, uh, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God for wisdom. and He'll give you wisdom generously, and the wisdom that you need to uh, get the things done that he would have you to do. So, so there's no holding back. I mean, God is willing to, to give it to us. We know that Solomon went to God, and he asked for wisdom. And Solomon says, you know, you're a real bright young man. You asked for something, but I'm going to give you everything else besides what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you fortune. I'm going to give you good health. I'm going to give you peace. All of those uh, things that uh, Solomon, of course, wanted. So I want to encourage you to uh, go to the Lord, ask him for the wisdom for your life. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for uh, this opportunity to share the good news It comes from your word. Thank you for the book of uh, Proverbs. Thank you for who you are, that we can fear you and we can love you and we can have a great and healthy relationship with you. And that most of all, Lord, that you've given us the tools that we need uh, to fulfill our purpose and our love for you here on earth. And in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. And everyone who believes, say it. Amen. Amen. Okay.